white from her magnolia trees that hung over into our yard. Flower colors in Mrs. Grady's yard were always better and brighter than anything in my art box. But I wasn't much impressed by flowers lately. Didn't even care about the ones that smelled like Aaron Courtney, who sat in front of me in class, had the nicest hair I'd ever seen. No, today those petals and leaves whispered together in the hot wind, saying, There's Ben Putter. He's got a golf ball right in his throat. See him rubbing at it with his free hand? Do you see him? He's got no friends. No, he doesn't. Yes, I see him. How about you? Why, yes, I see him too. You will hush. I told those leaves and petals, picking up the pan and walking past the tables to Mama. The ribs were heavy, and I was glad to set them down next to bowls of Mama's beans and potato salad. I wondered who'd help her with everything if I went running. I rubbed the lump in my throat and wondered who'd help me get back to normal if I didn't. Lemonade, Benny, Mama told me her elbow digging into my side and her head jerking toward the road. Get a glass for Mr. Talbot and May when you're done filling at the tables, won't you? She pointed to the brown truck coming down our dirt street. And tell Mr. Talbot that I've got a big package of pork made up for his family. Her eyes drifted to the top of the house. It was beyond kind of Rudolph to fix that roof leak. When I saw the distant, approaching outline of May Talbot sitting beside her daddy in the passenger seat, I swallowed hard and felt the golf ball lump rotating my throat. I wondered if she'd asked to come along. My chest went tight, and the banging inside it sped up from nerves or hope. Both, maybe. Yes, ma'am. I put your paint pad and drawing book on the kitchen table, in case you were looking, sweetheart, Mama said, lowering her voice, though the twelve or so customers were out of earshot, scattered among the tables down in the yard, eating and talking and fanning themselves with hats or whatever was handy. You know you don't need to hide them in the sofa cushions. Anymore, she didn't add, but I still heard it. And that art teacher of yours called again, Miss Stone, right? You really need to call her back, okay? Clearing her throat, she called out, I declare it's hot as George out here. Who wants more lemonade? Quarter a cup with the refill, good and fresh. Come right up. She waved and smiled at Mr. Talbot as he drove up our long driveway that circled around back to the hog shed, hauling the pig we'd ordered. A few customers turned toward the vehicle, and I watched their faces, saw eyes narrow or drift back to plates, saw lips get tight while they stared or looked away fast, saw within moments what kind of difference, if any, it made to them that the Talbots were colored. By the time I looked at the truck, my hand was ready to jump up in a careful wave. May's eyes were aimed straight ahead. They'd been aimed straight ahead for the last four months. I didn't know what I could do to get my friend back. I just knew that things weren't the same. 
and a glass of lemonade wasn't going to change that. After I'd mixed two new batches, I walked the picnic tables and tipped the lemonade pitcher for two men I knew from town and four dusty-clothed workers who looked to be from the railroad yard. Hobo workers, Grandma Clay called them, back when she was alive. No, Mom always hushed her and said, Traveling railroad hobos died out long ago. Hey, son. You sure are looking like your daddy. Thank you, kindly boy. People knew I hadn't said much at all since Daddy passed, so I felt fine letting one nod do for answering all their chatter. All those men loved him. He'd always been there, at the end of their work days, handing them good food to make the body aches fade, listening to their talk and then cracking enough jokes to make their troubles disappear just a little.